Welcome from the deep. I am Mike the Finder. And I am Book of Brett. And today we are going to be doing our third installment of the What We Watched in 2023 for March. Uh, the third try of the third installment. Yes, we've been having some technical difficulties, which makes this just in, just a whole ball of fun to just deal with three different times and starting this and, and, and doing it and just not ruining my mood and, and driving me into the mental institution at all. It's basically a script now. Let me get into some housekeeping before we do all this. If you're just watching this on YouTube, make sure you go check us out on your favorite podcast app like Spotify and or Apple Podcasts as we put all of our podcasts over there in audio form only in case you want to hear this without our crappy faces on it. And if you're only listening to this, make sure you go check out our YouTube page, which is youtube.com slash at from the deep, where you can find all sorts of content that does not make it over to the podcast side of things so you know, not 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 both of us have bad faces look at me bitch i'm beautiful i see no 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 you just no i will not just... allow this. i will not allow this to become a thing no you just softballed it in like that though god damn it so anyway Today, we're going to be talking about what we watched. Now, if you watched last month's episode, that was like an hour and a half, so we didn't want to make a super long episode like that again. Um, so we are changing the format on this yet again. And the way we're changing it this month is we're just cherry picking some of our favorite stuff that we watched this month. Now, a lot of the my stuff is coming from theatrical screenings this month. I don't know about you, but I went to the theater a lot this month. Like two of mine are from the theater. Um, but I also have been on a sci-fi kick this month ah, and yes. sci-fi is not something we see very often in the theaters, but yeah, so I've been on a sci-fi kick. And so I, uh, yes, yeah, so a lot of mine were from streaming. Yeah. So, um, just to, you know, sorry, I, I'm so, I'm so sorry to interrupt. Shut up. I fed you already. You really shouldn't talk to your wife like that. Well, I mean, she's just over here. She just sits over here making cat noises, and I don't understand it. It doesn't make any sense. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, so let's just get right into this. Uh, the very first thing that I watched this month was Brightburn from 2019. This is essentially Superman, but evil. Two people find a kid abandoned in the woods near a weird spaceship rock meteorite thing uh, and decide, hey... I'm going to raise that as my own, you know, like one does, I guess. Right. Yeah. No, <laughs> abso absolutely. I bring every feral creature home. It's a good idea. You should do it. There's a raccoon living in my uh, shed right now that uh, I'm probably just going to take inside tonight and cuddle. Okay. That's not a joke about the raccoon part. I'm hoping the cuddle part's a joke, but. Um, His name's Ricardo. Uh, Ricardo the raccoon. Oh, that's terrible. Okay, so anyway, the idea here is phenomenal. The execution, however, is not. I was really I was really excited to watch this, even though I've waited, what, three or four years to watch this. It's been on my yeah. watch list for a long time. And I had heard good things. You can see here on my letterbox that uh, a lot of the people that I know like this. And, and you know, that's fair. I just personally thought that the um, idea is much stronger than the execution. There's a, there's some gore in this, uh, and it's pretty damn good. But 
all in all, I just don't think this is deep enough. It's shallow as a puddle. I would have liked to have seen this go way deeper into his evilness. I also would love to see a bit more backstory on where he comes from, who he is, why he landed on Earth. All of that stuff is not even touched on even at all. And I know that's not quite the point, but it just left me feeling like I wanted more out of it. And obviously, I don't think we're ever getting a sequel or a prequel or anything more from this because I don't think this did nearly as well as they wanted it to. Um, But this is essentially Superman, but evil, which is a killer idea. I just wish they would have gone deeper into it because it just doesn't feel like there's enough. The kid that plays him is phenomenal. He feels super evil when he needs to. He feels super naive at the beginning when he needs to. Um, and, And I would even say that Elizabeth Banks is not all that terrible in this. You know, I'm not generally a huge fan of Elizabeth Banks, but she's actually kind of okay in this. And and his, Roy... His, sorry, his mask looks like Zoidberg. It does. It d- absolutely looks like Zoidberg. And that's one of the things that I have an issue with. It's not scary. And I guess it doesn't really necessarily need to be scary, but when you're making this kid like go around, torture people, kill people, all of that stuff, it should be scary. And And his mask is just fucking dumb it's just I'm dumb for a scuttle yeah that was and, a terrible zoidberg but everybody it was a very bad zoidberg but but the point is, is this is just not nearly as strong as i wanted it to be i ended up giving brightburn a six out of ten i wanted more out of this and there is not enough to satiate the awesome awesome idea that is in here it's just it's just not enough so six out you of ten for brightburn I, I i often confuse the title of this with the uh, superhero movie where Will Smith uh, battles Chris Rock, <laughs> I I believe the, I believe that, was, that 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 was a little late on on, on the topical aspect, but it was better than the year. sheer silence you gave it, you jackass. <laughs> I don't know about all that. Um, uh, no, but you know, uh, uh, topical humor is good when it's over a year late. It's not my fault. Will Smith isn't slapping more people more frequently. Okay. Right. He definitely should be. It did wonders for his career. Thank God well, we don't see him around that much anymore. Uh, thank anyway, God. so, uh, let's move over to Brett's first watch of the month. Yeah. Brett's time to shine. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, the movie I, the first movie I chose was in The Mouth of Madness. I said that like in wasn't part of the title. Um, it's in The Mouth of Madness. The movie is about uh, Sam Neill, who is an insurance agent, uh, and he likes you know sniffs out uh, people trying to commit insurance fraud on a large scale. And uh, he's basically tasked with tracking down this author and him and this girl from this company end up uh, uh, tracking him down to this town that only exists because the author wrote about it in one of his books, which is not part of a series that has basically been making people go absolutely Bonkers. I'm going to read my, uh, my my letterbox review first. Okay. I said, an awesome sci-fi horror from the master of them all, John Carpenter. Uh, well-written, creative, mind-bending, and of course, gory. This fun and beautifully shot ride is definitely one I'll be watching again. I got to say, uh, this might be my favorite John Carpenter movie. 
Um, I, I've got to go back and watch the other ones that I've watched by him, uh, notably Halloween and The Thing. Yeah. However, Halloween, <laughs> I, Halloween, I am familiar enough with to know that this is, I like this one more. I'm not going to say it's a better movie, but I like it more because this is way more up my alley than Halloween is. Now, with that said, before anybody comes out of the woodwork and before Mike's head fucking explodes <laughs> all over the camera lens, I like Halloween. Okay? I like Halloween. I'd even say I love Halloween. I watch it every year for Halloween. But it is impossible to deny the level of detail that is goes into this simply because of the experience behind him going into this movie. Um, the thing I've not watched recently enough, but, um, and, and that one I'm actually more wanting to watch because that's definitely more of the sci-fi horror, uh, uh, pole, I guess you would say. Yeah. Um, but this, I mean, this is sci-fi. This is barely horror, just enough to be considered horror. It's supernatural. And it, I mean, that's, that's the trifecta for me right there. I mean, you're going to see all these movies. I, I, I almost all these movies, uh, are sci-fi in one way or another, um, that I'm going to be doing on this episode. So that's, I mean, keep that in mind. I've been on a sci-fi kick lately, but this for me was like going back was what I would think for you is like going back and watching old slasher movies. Like something about the nineties was so goddamn awesome. <laughs> like the cinematography, the camera work, the, the, the styles that inevitably bled from one creative project to another simply because creatives are watching other people's work. I got big ninth gate vibes off of this movie. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's ninth gate has mouth of madness vibes. Yeah. I guess if we're going chronologically <laughs> and not in order of quality. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go, we'll, 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 we'll do what you said. But yeah, so it's definitely got that in there. And Ninth Gate, the Ninth Gate is something is one of those movies that I really love, uh, even though I can see a lot of its imperfections. Uh, but a lot of that just comes down to Roman Polanski's style. He's got this style that, like, it feels. I don't want to say indie, but homegrown, like high budget homegrown filmmaking, is kind of the vibe I've always gotten from Roman Polanski. Uh, it feels very raw a lot of the time. And, uh, and I feel like we get a lot of that here. Um, a lot of that has to do with just the technology that went into making it, but I digress all in all. I loved in the mouth of madness. I, uh, I gave it 10 out of 10 stars. I did. Wow. Or I think I gave it, I, I, I think I gave it 10 out of 10. It may have been eight out of 10. It was yeah, eight I'm, out of 10. I'm seeing yeah. it here. It's an eight out of 10 yeah. for you. Yeah. I gave it eight out of 10 because it's not perfect. It's, but, uh, for me, um, it's, I mean, it's damn near there. Sam Neill is just phenomenal in this movie. Just like he is in pretty much everything I've ever seen him in, which is three movies. So, um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, but I really like Sam Neill. I really like him. I think he's a very versatile actor, um, actor, um, he is apparently from New Zealand, which I spent up until I watched this thinking he was British. Yeah, me because too. Not because not because I, you know, confuse the accents, but because he doesn't really seem to have a New Zealand accent. You pick it up a couple times here and there uh, in, in this movie, especially. 
Um, there's a couple of consonants where you pick it up, but yeah. Uh, but like I said, I, uh, I, I, I loved in the mouth of madness. Yeah. This is something I haven't seen in a really long time. I have the, uh, screen factory edition of this and I really loved it the last time I watched it. I haven't, it's weird. Cause I don't have this logged on, um, letterbox here, but I really, really liked this the last time I seen it, but it has been a long ass time. So yeah, you should give it another shot. It's, uh. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. Okay, so my next watch was the new Children of the Corn. Uh, like I said, a lot of my watches this month were in theaters. I don't know why Letterboxd has this labeled as a 2020 release. Can we do um, a poll of how many people knew this existed before? Well, yeah, it definitely feels <laughs> like no one, no one knows that this exists. And if you look at the ratings, the collective ratings... <laughs> On Letterbox, it definitely leans almost is that, all towards the negative. <laughs> is that a 1.6? <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. It's got an average rating of 1.6. Wait, wait, how do you get an average of 1.6 when everything goes in by, like, halves and holes? Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, all right. I'm Just, not sure. But I, it, it says this is one fan. There's no way. What does that mean? I don't even know what yeah, that means. That's, it does. It that, has one. Fan. That, yeah, and I bet you any amount of money. That's the that's the director <laughs> equivalent of like liking your own posts on Facebook. <laughs> I guarantee you that person worked on the that's, movie that's in one amazing. capacity. Just some like lowly PA that it's like their first credit. I needed to do well. Well, when I saw this in theaters, there were only a few other people in the theater. It was in what can only be described as the smallest theater I have ever been in. Uh, How many in, of them walked in, out? In a multiplex. Uh, actually, what's funny is somebody did walk out at the <laughs> um, apex, like at the very, very climax of the story. Two people walked out. Um, that's like that's like me when I went to go see uh, Star Wars Episode One in 3D. When even the pod races didn't look good, I just got up and got the fuck out. <laughs> Well, this is from director Kurt Wimmer. I don't know what else he has done. I guess I could pull that up real quick. Oh, well, that would explain it. Uh, equilibrium. Um, oh, that's what is that what's happening here? It is. Okay. So now I just figured it out. I just figured it out. This has two individual releases on Letterboxd, which is why the other one said 2020. Either way, they're the same movie, I believe. Yeah, this is just labeled twice. Uh, either Wait. way, this has a 2.1 instead of a 1.6, but still, uh, either way, this is still a very low-rated movie. So this is essentially a remake of the original Children of the Corn film, uh, or the book, which I obviously have not read. Because I'm not a big reader. Is that a shock to anybody? No, no, no. books are books are oh my books god. Are, so, books are the devil. Um they're, anyway, they're, they're so, so scary. Have you seen how they break them up into chapters? What the <laughs> fuck is that? So this is essentially a complete remake of everything that you remember from the, from the original Children of the Corn. Except Isaac, I think is his name. That's right. Yep. Is that is yep. that right? Uh mm -hmm. Isaac has been replaced by a uh 12-year-old girl and mm -hmm. Because uh, they needed to do that. Well, I have no... Uh, 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 let me just say this. I have no problems with that on the surface other than the girl playing that character is just awful. And she's not, my, she's not scary even a little bit. So I want to clarify. My issue there is not that it's a girl. Right. My issue there is that it's... Um, 
completely unfaithful to the source material. See, um, I don't. I have not read and, the book, so I don't. I don't. And, I don't really well, know. What? Well, it's still Isaac, right. if I'm not mistaken. And if you're gonna re, if you're gonna remake a movie, when you remake a movie where the uh, gender plays no like predominant role, and you go about changing it, but you're saying that you're remaking it, it just feels like you're doing. It. Th- this goes back to what I've said in a lot. I said this on a lot of episodes on Book of Brett. I don't have an issue with different genders, different nationalities being enrolled. I do not give a shit about that. Like, everybody's up in arms about The Little Mermaid. Like, I don't fucking care about The Little Mermaid being black. Who gives a shit? But it just feels like this move to just do it just because you can. Yeah. And that, to me, is like... It, it, it's not that it's like, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a girl. I don't give a shit about that. It just feels like you're doing it for no reason and almost like maybe the movie had no other redeeming quality and so to like bring a little bit more into the mainstream. I don't know. I mean, you can cut all that if you want to. I just... It's one of those things that feels like you just did it to do it and it played absolutely no role in the well, overall that's, story. That's what I was going to say. There, it doesn't actually change anything other right. other than Isaac from the original is creepy because you can't tell if he's forty and has have convinced these kids to follow him or if he's also a ten year old, uh, you know, with a weirdo, older, weird body. Uh, and so it's creepy because you don't know where this guy's coming from. But none of that is the reason I hated this. The reason I hated this is because there is a literal fucking corn monster in this no. movie. What is no. what is subtext no. and and not literal in the original movie and I'm assuming the book uh is very very fucking literal in this movie. Imagine Groot but made of <laughs> corn. That's that that's that's who they worship in this movie. <laughs> I'm Groot. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's just dude it's terrible Gorn! it Gorn! is it is his name <laughs> it is Gorn. it is terrible and i was literally laughing out loud inside of the theater when i was watching this and then at the very spoiler alert a little bit there is a jump scare at the very last two seconds of this movie of where where the corn is. monster jumps out and goes like, it's it's just like the, like voldemort in that like one yes yeah, yes <laughs> uh i i'm i i will just say this this is the worst movie i've seen all year so far i despised this and if i go back to my original thing here i gave children of the corn 2023 a four out of ten how do you I, Hated Children of the Cord 2023. Hated it. But how do you give it a four out of ten? Uh, if you hated it that much, how do you give it a four out of ten? I have no reason. Do you want me to read my review? Yes, because now I need to know why it gets four. The title the title of this is Don't Be a Giant Corn Monster. Don't be a giant corn monster. (laughs) Don't be a giant corn monster. God damn it. 
So my, 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 my letterbox part. review here is I actually had a small amount of hope for this, but sadly, this is just like all the other remakes out there right now. Disappointing. There are moments in this that are so stupid, I was literally laughing out loud in the theater. Every character is underdeveloped. All of the dialogue is terrible. Awful CGI gore. And the entire script is so poorly written that I couldn't help but hate it. It really feels like a first-year film student wrote this, but it was their first draft. The moments that are supposed to be full of tension fall flat, and the moments that are supposed to be scary fail. It's beautiful to look at outside of the CGI fires and gore, but that's not enough to save it, which is why it's a four. The girl that plays Eden just isn't believable at all and really made this whole thing feel worse than it actually is. The mass burial scene is pretty dope, but it also falls kind of flat. This is so terrible, multiple people walked out at the climax. Oh well, hopefully the next one will be better. So, it's beautiful. It's a very mm-hmm. well-shot movie. Uh, the mm-hmm. people that filmed it and lit it and graded it, all of that, all the technical things are right here. But everything else, everything else is bad. And I mean bad. So I ended up giving Children of the Corn 2023 a 4 out of 10. It has the technical chops, but everything else is terrible. And that goddamn corn monster. Oh, my God. It, Does- it's... I have never read the book, so I don't know what the book says about about the corn monster and and he who walks behind the rose or whatever it is. Um, this movie takes it very literally, and it skips over all of the 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 her convincing all of the children and stuff to like kill all the parents, and it really focuses on them locking the parents up and burying them alive, and and it's just dude, it's just bad. I I really hate have you this. considered have. Have you considered mm-hmm. that the Make a Wish Foundation had a hand in this? <laughs> Maybe. Maybe the girl that played uh, that played uh, what was her name? Uh, anyway, maybe the girl that the main girl was a Make a Wish kid, and her whole thing was, "Hey, I want to yeah. be in Children of the Corn." That 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 could be <laughs> that an actual poor, respirator poor, on her face. That poor dying girl's last wish was to be in the worst movie of twenty twenty three. Oh my god, that poor girl. Oh, who who do we get to ride oh. it? I don't know. Let's do two birds with one stone. Get another Make a Wish kid to ride it. Well, and Kurt Wimmer, the guy that, that did this. I'm sorry, Kurt. You just made the worst movie. He's also the guy that did Ultraviolet. I don't know if you saw Ultraviolet with Emilia Yohovich. Yohovich. I just want to brush his hair for him, though. Why do I have this compel? Why am I so compelled to just? Yeah, that's weird, right? So anyway, no. anyway, don't go see Children of the Corn, especially in theaters. I don't, <laughs> I just don't, I don't, I don't even know if it's still in theaters. I would be shocked if it was. Um, but yeah, it's it's really, really bad. So Children of the Corn, 2023, four out of 10. Cool. So so recommended. I have to see what the, before we move on, hang on. Oh my God, it didn't even make half a million dollars. Oh my God. Mm. <laughs> oh my God. Mm. Now I need to know what the budget was. Oh wow, ten million according to INDB. Oh, oh, dude, Ooh. ouch! That's fucking nuts. Look, Children of the Corn: The Final Sacrifice made seven million, and yet you still <laughs> gave it four out of ten. Well, again, the technical aspects of this movie are are very good. Okay, so let's move on to Brett's next watch for the month. Okay, so my next watch for the month was Knock at the Cabin by M. Night Shyamalan. 
And this is new on streaming, I believe. Oh, it's uh, on streaming starring, now. Oh, okay. Yes. Starring Dave Bautista and Rupert Grit and a, uh, 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 honestly, a really good cast other than the two of them. They're just the two that I know. <laughs> other than the two of them. <laughs> one of which doesn't stick a lot around for too long. Um, <laughs> But, uh, but no, the whole cast is great. Um, it's actually, it was probably, I would say, one of M. Night Shyamalan's best movies uh, recently. Oh, for um, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Knock at the Cabin is basically, is it Knock at the Cabin? Yeah, Knock, Knock at, at the, the Cabin. cabin. Yeah. I keep wanting to see, I think it's, I keep thinking it's like Knock at the Cabin Door or something. That's so Knock at the Cabin. That's because there's a thousand other titles with Cabin yeah. and Knock. So anyway, so, but it's about a group of four people that show up at a cabin where a gay couple and their daughter are vacationing. And they basically tell them that the world is going to end unless one of them kills each other. In the meantime, the group of four people will kill each other. Now, when you look at it at face value like that, it's like, well, then everybody's just dying. It actually plays out in a pretty fun way. And it is interesting from beginning to end, in my opinion. The cinematography is very good. I think this is a much better example of what M. Night Shyamalan is capable of. Uh, obviously, we have The Sixth Sense. Uh, Split was really good. So we do have examples of him being a good director. We just have so many others of him not even being a bad director, but being like not the greatest writer because he writes everything too. And um, I believe this was written and directed by him, yeah? I think so. Yes. Uh, yeah. but, but it was adapted. I believe there's a, an original book. I think yeah, it's a well, full, so was old I think it's a full book. That one up. Too, well, that was so. a graphic novel and there's a full book here for him to pull from. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, oh so there was actually an ending for that for him to go off of. Okay. <laughs> um, so if you want to, if you want to know what I'm talking about, go check out our review of old, um, but let's jump over. Well, let, let's let, let's talk a little bit more about it because my review is not going to make much sense. Basically, and huge spoiler alerts. Um, we basically find out that the whole time it has been true that the apocalypse has been happening and that God has been doing these terrible things to the earth. I'm wording it that way on purpose because <laughs> and and so they do have to make these decisions um, and, you know, eventually they do make a decision. Um, there are huge foreshadowing clues as to who's going to have what happened to them as far as the couple goes. If you're paying attention it's pretty noticeable from pretty much the minute that they get tied up. Um, but going on to my review, I'm going to just say right now, this is going to be a trigger warning for religious people. However, I don't give a shit. So I'm going to read this anyway. It's way better than I expected it to be. But by the end, I'm left with the same feeling I had when I read the old Testament. God's a fucking psycho. The performances, the cinematography, the writing, all the elements of a good movie are here, and it's nice to see M. Night Shyamalan not go with his typical formula. However, the whole thing is straight out of the Bible, with God basically testing people's faith by putting them in horrific circumstances in the name of belief. Seriously, what the fuck's wrong with that guy? <laughs> and this is, again, I'm not, I, 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 I'm not, like... <laughs> 
I'm not speaking for Mike here. I'm not going to say that I'm speaking for Mike here. If you have anything about this that you hate that I say, come at me. I do not give a shit because this is a prime example of what people are always making fun of religion for. And this movie is straight out of that. It is literally, literally the second they do the horrible thing they've got to do, God goes, okay. Like, that's it. <laughs> that's it. He stopped. And, and, and mind you, none of these people come back. Like, nobody's resurrected from the dead. Millions of people are now gone. Millions of people are now grieving. Hundreds of millions of lives are now broken, and it's all because he just wanted to see if they'd do it. Two random people I'm just like, what is happening right now? That's definitely part of the movie that I did not focus on when, when like, reviewing this movie, the the religious side and how absolutely insane it is. But, but yeah, you're Everything you're saying is correct, yes. It's not it's not quirky or awkward or out of character. It's psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) And I really like it's so psychotic that I genuinely cannot figure out if he was using it to just tell a story or if this was like actually like religious satire because Again, like you said, you didn't notice it as as much. It was not like well, an angle. Well, it's not angle. that I didn't notice it. It's just not the thing I focused on when thinking about this movie. Dude, out loud while I'm watching this movie at home, when they started saying that everything was stopping, out loud I went, no fucking way. Well, I just, I, <laughs> I can't pull it up because it's in a different window here. Well, I guess I can. Hang on, hang on. If I put that there. Yeah, here we go. Um, this says M. Night Shyamalan's Knock at the Cabin adapted from the novel, The Cabin at the End of the World, The Cabin at the End of the World and its big screen adaptation. Uh, the Knock at the Cabin movie ending is way darker than the book. That's what this, that's what this says. So keep in mind, he didn't, he didn't write the whole thing, but I did hear that he had changed the ending a little bit to make it a little more M. Night Shyamalan-esque. So... Uh, yeah, this is adapted. So you have to keep that in mind. This is not an original idea from him. Um, so, you know, I, I, like I said, it's just not the thing I focused on, but it was good. I liked it. I did like it. I just, I just, at the end, I could not help but think that maybe the villain wasn't in the cabin the whole time. That's a fucking great line. That should be on the back of the fucking box for this movie. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I what a great end. line. Wow. Oh, God. Anyway. All right. Well, now that I'll be burning in hell, why don't you go ahead and carry us on well, into did, the... Why don't you give us your rating on this real quick first? Oh, yeah. Yeah. My rating on it was... Uh, I gave it I, ga- I gave it 6 out of 10. I was I was really going to give this 8 out of 10, and then the, app, the, the ending happened, and I was like... Okay, buddy. Okay. <laughs> whatever whatever you say, M. 
Well, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, I would have got given it the, what was it, what is it seven stars had I know I could do halves. So I would have given this that's a what seven I out of ten. It. I gave it a seven out of ten because yeah. it's I would have very this a strong. Seven out of 10. I really yeah. like the ending too. I thought the ending was heartfelt and it didn't feel stupid and like M not M Night Shyamalan trying to like outwit the audience or anything like that. It's it's not a huge surprise that everything is real, but it's also but it's also like oh, wow, this is actually happening. So it's not yeah. a huge twist, but it is kind of still his what? style. And, and it's just really, it's really good. I love the well, ending. And they do they do a really good job of uh, sowing seeds of doubt um, up until like yeah. really the second or third death, I yeah, would say. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, because after the first one, um, after the first one, you're still sitting there going like, okay, they could have programmed this. Like, I was basically on, uh, what's his name, uh, Eric, the more assertive character. Um, he definitely, um, I was kind of like on his side uh, for, for, for a good majority of it. But, um, you know, I'm also a cynical sinner, so what the fuck do I know? <laughs> All right. Well, my next movie for the month was Inside with Willem Dafoe. Um, this is essentially, I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the director's name here. Um, the way you, I'm sorry, the way you said that really makes it seem like a Willem Dafoe deep fake porn. <laughs> well, this movie is about an art thief going into a really high end apartment and trying to steal multi-million dollar paintings. Uh, and Ooh, when I didn't he, know that. I don't know he, anything about this movie. Okay. When he does so. Uh, all of the security measures go into place and locks him inside of an apartment, uh, inside the apartment, I guess. And the rest of the movie is him trying to deal with the fact that he is locked inside of this multi-million dollar apartment with nothing but high-end art, no food, no water. All the water gets shut off. All the food has been eaten. Uh, and it is essentially kind of a survival movie inside of an apartment. And I love it's a really interesting idea. Me too. I, I was really excited when I saw the previews for this because this felt like yeah. a really interesting, new, fresh idea. And and then you throw Willem Dafoe in it, and it's just incredible. There Who is, can do no wrong? There is no one else in this movie other than the owner of the apartment that makes that makes some stuff and some flashback scenes and stuff like that. Uh, he carries the entire movie. Now, I I was as excited as I was to go to go see this when I saw it in theater. There were two other people in the theater in a very very small theater in the multiplex, um, and and this does not scream big theater release. This is not a movie I feel like you need to see with other people in the same way that we said like 65 or Scream 6, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, and he's done stuff before like The Florida Project and some other stuff like that that's, you know, way more indie and way more character driven and, and just like better than his like, I don't know, his big budget stuff. Uh, but he's mm -hmm. always been really good at choosing films like, yeah. you know, and, and so every time that I see him, I my interest gets peaked. And especially with this idea, I won't go super in depth with the whole thing because you haven't seen it. This is still in theaters. It's still brand new. I don't want to spoil this for anything. But what I will say is this is entirely too wrapped up 
in the surviving side of things and less what I thought it was going to be about because the trailer makes this seem like it's going to be sort of infinity pool esque where it's super artsy and super like high minded and kind of, you know, like elevated for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not really like that at all. And maybe that's my fault for going into it, expecting that, but maybe on the flip side of that, um, it's the trailer's fault for making it come off. Like it's going to be a bit more high minded and about him losing his mind than it actually is. That's the vibe I got with the trailer. With that being said, there is definitely parts in this that are artsy and sort of high minded and, and all of the stuff that the trailer makes it seem, but it's way too wrapped up in the whole surviving, trying to get water and food sort of a thing, which, is, which mm-hmm. is fine. It's just not what I was expecting going into this. And so I rated this a little bit lower than I than I expected to going into it. I gave Inside uh, 6 out of 10. I really wanted to love this a lot more than I did, but it just gets too off track from the, for lack of a better term, character study that I actually wanted. It is... I mean, there are parts in this where he just goes long periods of time without really saying much of anything and just trying to dig his way out and like all that kind of stuff, collecting water, all that stuff, which is cool. It's just not what I was expecting from this movie. So I ended Mm -hmm. up giving Inside a 6 out of 10. Well, Willem Dafoe would be very upset with you. Well, he's, and I will say he's fucking great in this. I want you to sit there and really envision Willem Dafoe just looking at you with a disappointed look on his face. It, it would look something like this. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Willem. It's good. It's not great. So that's that's what, <laughs> what I would tell. Is, what is that? How I Met Your Mother episode? Willem. Defoe. Defoe. <laughs> I think that every time I see his name now. Willem. Defoe. Okay. So let's move on to Brett's next watch. So the next movie that I chose to do for this was Kong Skull Island because I am a basic movie going bitch. You are a Um, very like popcorn, big budget sort of a guy generally. So this does not surprise me. That's not an insult. It's just different preferences when we're sitting down to watch movies. It wasn't an insult. Um, and I, it, I know it, it felt, felt like it, but so <laughs> insulting. <laughs> That's not how I meant it. I just meant you have you have a tendency to like bigger budget. Uh, I do popcorn I movies. D- I, 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 God, I hate that you're right, but you're right. <laughs> I hate that you're right, but you are. I um. But again, that's because this is a, I would put King Kong on in the realm of sci-fi, and um. Big popcorn type of shit is what you kind of tend to get with sci-fi because it's outlandish and um, uh, and uh, experimental in its nature. Yeah. Um, but I'm also we've talked about it before. I'm a big fan of period pieces and even more uh, a bigger and even a bigger fan of epic period pieces, or as I like to refer to them as epic periods. I'm a big fan of epic periods. That's disgusting. That's a short right there. I'm just, it's just you saying that for a minute straight. (laughs) Cut it, send it. Um, But no, so that, but, and this was actually my first King Kong movie. Um, I've never really gotten into the Titan uh, ever. 
Wow. Ever, ever, ever. Because when I was younger and I tried to watch them, I mean, they're like, like they're so obviously miniatures that when I was younger, I couldn't really appreciate it. Uh, this actually, we'll get back into into the movie, but this actually sent me down a big monster rabbit hole. I actually ended up watching the one out of Korea uh, South. Don't be stupid. And it was called like uh, Yongira or something like that. And I found myself actually enjoying it, like actually liking it. And it's from like the 60s. And it's a, I mean, it's done with miniatures and everything, but I could appreciate it this time. And the review I put for Kong Skull Island just simply says, these sons of bitches made me care about King Kong. Well, that's, you're supposed to. That's sort of the whole yeah, thing well, behind King Kong. That, well, that's the thing. So I started doing some digging, and it wasn't always the whole thing behind King well, Kong. Well, if you've never and, seen the original King Kong movie, no. Right. It, it, the, it, originally, he was supposed to be, you know, the American version of Godzilla. He's just a monster wreaking havoc. And I found out that over time, you know, up until the last, like, 20, 30 years or so, they that he was, you know, a monster. And then more re within recent decades, they started giving him this almost compassionate side, or at least uh, this side that you could empathize with and you could actually, like, latch on to emotionally. And that, I gotta say, I was not expecting that. I was not expecting to go into this and be, like, rooting for King Kong. But seriously, like, it, let's be clear, it did not take long for me to go, God damn, people are terrible. Because within the first 20 minutes of the, this movie, they're dropping seismic charges and their shots of animals scurrying. And so you're supposed supposed to hate the people from the very very beginning of this movie yeah. and so it sets up this whole thing of you know psychologically you're already not you're already against the people and so it's very very easy for them to kind of you know push king kong in there as the compassionate character that you're rooting for um, I also did not know that the whole hollow earth theory was like a whole thing behind King Kong. I don't know if that's always been a thing, but I know that it was done for this one. And then uh, Godzilla uh, versus King Kong. I also watched and it was a part of that. The whole well, that's, hollow that, one's earth a, that one's a sequel to this, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yes. It's a um, well, it's technically a direct sequel to the Godzilla movie they made after they made King Kong, if I'm not mistaken. Um, um, the whole is it not a sequel from the 2014 Godzilla, the one with Brian Cranston in it? It might be. I don't know. I didn't really get into Godzilla too much. I started getting into King Kong because I had a character that I cared about. My, I, I'll be honest, my, my kaiju knowledge is straight up old school stuff, and I typically avoid the newer stuff so. Um, I, dude, I really liked this. I really, really liked it. It was a, it's a ton of fun. It scratched that sci-fi itch, but it also more than that opened up and made me, opened me up and made me appreciate the older kaiju stuff because I'm sitting here going like, okay, if I enjoyed the Korean kaiju, surely I'm going to like the Japanese. Dude, you should watch the original Godzilla. It is, there is something about the original Godzilla movie that is so appealing and like, yeah, it, dude, it's just so, so damn good. Yeah. But 
It's uh, but it, like, like I said, man, it, it just uh, the I mean, the acting was good, but you're gonna expect that from a movie with this kind of budget. Really, honestly, a movie with this kind of budget, the only thing that can really fuck it up is the story. Um, and I say that because, um, uh, I mean, obviously you, you include human error and you can fuck stuff up that way. You know, the casting can be off the, um, you know, they can cut corners with shit, but usually with a movie of this budget, they've got the budget to populate the areas that are important with, um, uh, with, with the right people. The problem is, is that with a movie like King Kong, it's very, very easy to screw the story up by relying on the legacy that's already been set up before it. And even that I thought they did. I thought they did really well. I thought it was great. I loved it. I, uh, I'm going to start getting into more of the, the Kaiju stuff. Cause like I said, when I was younger, not as big as of a sci-fi fan, but I'm starting to realize recently, and this is a very recent development. I'm starting to get into sci-fi the way you get into horror. Well, I will say, um, I just looked up the the box office for this. Uh, the budget was $185 million, mm-hmm. um, and the worldwide box office was $566 million. So it did that's insane. very well. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. But again, dude, like that that's what I'm saying is it's very easy for a movie to like this. Like This is the type of movie where you can look at the budget and go like, okay, like, if you haven't seen it, it's very easy to look at the budget and go, well, yeah, it was a big budget movie. It's, um, you know, it's got, you know, a lot of action, but it's got character to it. Yeah. I mean, like, there is character development. There's, uh, th- there is exposition without an abundance of it for people that, like, maybe are just now coming into the whole Kong, you know, kaiju universe. Um, it's just, I thought it was really, really well done. The scene that Godzilla versus Kong was really well, well done too, but this one was much, much better. Well, if only they'd get Brie Larson out of there, I might be willing to watch it. Okay. Yeah. Can't really, <laughs> I can't argue with that. <laughs> All right. So moving on. The next movie is a movie we both saw this month, which is Cocaine Bear. Uh, if you did not see our trailer reaction to this a uh, few months ago, I will go ahead and link that up top here right now, as well as down in the description. This is a movie that both Brett and I, I think, had uh, realistic expectations going into. Oh, yeah. um, oh, this yeah. is this is from director in quotes Elizabeth Banks. Um, why are you Why are you quoting? Um, <laughs> you don't like her. I don't. No, uh, I'm, really I'm, like I'm quoting because her other movies other than Cocaine Bear are Pitch Perfect 2, the flop ass <laughs> Charlie's Angels movie that came out a couple years ago uh, and not the one you're thinking of from the 90s, the one that no one knew existed other than four people. She she is fun as an actress in some movies. Yeah, she's okay as an actress. Yeah. I really like her in 30 Rock. She's she's pretty good in the uh, Hunger Games movies. Um, she's done some stuff that's okay. She's really, she's actually really funny in uh, Wet Hot American Summer and the sequel. Um, but other than that, Cocaine Bear is from director Elizabeth Banks. Chelsea uh, Handler. That's, that's, oh, wait, they just look alike. That's really rude. I'm not doing that because she's a female. I'm doing it because I don't like Elizabeth Banks generally. Um, 
but this is surprisingly fun. Like yes. the fact that we both went into this with realistic expectations and, and ended up kind of enjoying it more than we thought we would really says something. I yep. think that there is some really, really good gore in here. There is a lack of plot for the most part. There's a wow. lot of people wandering in the woods um, can we, you know, can, there's a lot of downfalls to this, but, but more than anything, this is fun. Like I literally can't ask for anything else from a movie called cocaine bear other than be slightly fun. And at that it is successful. Um, I do love the attempt at giving it a synopsis when the title is the synopsis. Yeah. Um, like literally the synopsis of the movie is a bear does cocaine. Yeah. That's it. Well, and it's based off a real yeah. thing that happened, and they really they really play loose with the uh, inspired by yeah, true events thing. It, in real life, it just dropped dead. That's like, why they don't say based it, on, and they use the words very specifically inspired by. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, the uh, the whole thing is a ton of fun. Know what you're getting into going into it. I went in, uh, Brittany and I watched it in a theater uh, full of people, uh, which was surprising considering that we just watched it this weekend. Dude, my um, theater was full too, and I saw it two weeks yeah. ago, and it was completely full. Um, I don't know what... I don't know what some of you think you're getting into <laughs> when you go and watch Cocaine Bear, um, but the people that were in my theater... I don't think they knew what they were in for. I don't know if they were like, it's based on true events. I'm going to go watch a fucking documentary or something. But uh, <laughs> this isn't that. Because, and I say that because Brit even Brittany pointed out that we were the ones laughing the hardest. And it wasn't at the cocaine jokes, although those are funny. It was at like the way people got killed. Like when he gets shot from behind, we were laughing yeah. our asses off yeah and I, it was to do the, the the whole thing is it's funny i went into it really thinking okay they could the the, the cheese is gonna be there it's it, it it's gonna be there it's built regardless. in with the name even yes so. it is built in however are they gonna go cheese with the humor or are they gonna go a little bit more raw with the humor and it's definitely darker humor but dude, it's it's it was so much fun. Yeah, and well, I will also say it's way gorier than I was expecting it to be. Yeah. Um and I actually think that they could have gone even more so in that direction. I think that if you had made this a straight up horror movie, it would have fell flat. Uh, if you had made it a straight up comedy, it also would have fell flat. It's a little bit of both. Um and I've seen some other reviewers here on YouTube and stuff like that say that this is very uh sitcommy. Uh, with the jokes and stuff like that, I don't, I don't think that's a problem. I just don't. I, th I think that if you know what you're going into with this movie, uh, and you have realistic expectations of what a movie called Cocaine Bear in 2023, uh, you know, you're gonna have a good time. I don't think this is yeah. a masterpiece. This is by no, no means. This is by no means a big, high-minded movie. It's. It's a movie about a bear that does cocaine and goes around and yep. killing people. And he gets and a taste got, for blood and, and wants to kill people. Like, that's gotta, all it is. I got to say, um, I never thought I would enjoy seeing children do cocaine as much as I enjoyed seeing <laughs> 
children do cocaine. I I that that when they when they find it, I was like, there's no way they're gonna actually show that. I was like, that's like something I would write if I I were watching it, and then just oh, just a spoonful of cocaine, and out loud in the theater, I went, "They did it!" <laughs> yeah, that at that part, uh, Nicole went to the bathroom when she got back. She was like, "What did I miss?" And I said, "Children did cocaine. That's what you missed <laughs> in this movie." It's, it's great, <laughs> but yeah, it's great. Go, go into this with realistic expectations. Yeah. It's it's nothing crazy good. It's no masterpiece. Uh, it's from Elizabeth Banks. I think that this is this is just me guessing. I feel like this is like, I don't know if she came up with the idea to do this. I would be very doubtful if that was the case. But I feel like she she got softballed this. And this is a this is a success. And we talked about this in the trailer. This is a success because it's called Cocaine Bear. This mm-hmm. is not a success because it's a great movie or because Elizabeth Banks directed it or because Carrie Russell is in this or, or, or Ray, uh, what the fucking, I'm blanking Leota. on his net. Leota. Thank you. Leota. Or, or God, because yeah. Ray Leota is in this. It's sadly his last movie. Um, <laughs> but this is not a success for any of those reasons. And, and, no. and Elizabeth Banks was really softballed a really big budget success with this movie. Uh, but it is, it is worth seeing if you like shitty movies. Yep. The demos are built into this one. Yes, for sure. So I went ahead and gave this a five out of 10. What did you give Cocaine Bear? I gave Cocaine Bear a four out of, or uh, uh, I, I actually, I give it an eight, eight out of 10. Wow, that's way higher than I gave it. Yeah. <laughs> I gave it an eight out of 10. I loved it. It was fun. I knew exactly what I was getting into. It was so, I, 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 I laughed at all the right moments. I, I'm, I, 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 did you hear that? I worded that like I fucking accomplished something. Yeah. No. Congratulations. Um, I, yeah. No, no. Good for Brett. <laughs> but no, I, I, I thought it was funny. I knew exactly what it was. Uh, this is, again, this is another one of those movies that I've said recently is uh, it knows what it is. It invested in the right areas, and I think it did it successfully. I liked it. Yeah. I'm going to be buying this. Really? I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I'm adding this to the collection, but it is yeah, fun. No. This is go- th- th- this <clears throat> this is going on to the th- this is going into the collection. <laughs> this is going. Okay. In, in fact, if I, I'm only start a new section to my collection that will include this and half baked. <laughs> You're just gonna get really crappy comedies for each drug. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just we're just gonna have really an LSD bad. fish next time. I cannot wait for my mom to visit. Piranhas on LSD. Oh. Oh, is that a mo- we just wrote a movie, Brett. We just wrote a movie. Wait, is that the title of the movie or is that a suggestion? Acid fish. Acid fish. Hmm? Hmm? It's a number one record. <laughs> Piranacid. <laughs> so, okay, moving on. So for my last movie of this presentation, I did everything everywhere all at once. Fucking um, finally. That- that is not the movie title. That is the description of the weekend I have. Ah! Before <laughs> you go any further, look at this. The reviewed thing is usually an eyeball on Letterboxd, and on this one, it's a googly eye. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I just had to point that out. 
So this is a movie I went into very reluctantly. So I have what is arguably a very bad habit of hearing a movie get super duper hyped up. And being a contrarian about it. And being a contrarian about it. That (laughs) is true. That is true. I had a way more uh, self-aggrandizing description, but yep. That's pretty much what it is. Uh, uh, no, I, uh, I, I was really skeptical because um, I read a lot of stuff talking about how this movie was overrated. Um, and uh, especially if something wins Best Picture, uh, let's just say I don't take the Academy's opinions to heart very often. Well, it's not um, only it didn't only win Best Picture. It is the most awarded movie of all time. Yeah, um, and that's where I become a contrarian. See, I because... well, I agree with you. You can see here, I rated this very highly, um, but I totally agree that it. I don't think this should be the most award-winning no. movie of all time. I just no. Don't. I think uh, I think a lot of that has to do with just uh, where we're at in movies right now. Um, I also think good, it might have that's a good lot... way to put it. Yeah, I I I, I think I, I think that's got a lot to do with it. Um, I, but that is not to be said to take away from literally any aspect of this movie because this is a damn good movie. Oh, it's a masterpiece. It's a straight up masterpiece. I had this. So what happened was, uh, I was doing some work on my laptop in bed. Brittany was watching this. I wasn't paying too much attention to it, but every time I tuned in, something wacky was happening and it felt like it was going to just be this like over the top. Uh, disjointed kind of mess. Yeah. And uh, basically my, my review uh, is pretty short. Um, I have to admit, I was skeptical of all the hype, especially post Oscars. And although I'm still not sure if it's best picture quality, I am. It's not. It is without a doubt, a phenomenal movie and beautiful story about family love and that nothing but the moments we live and how we love them matters. That is what this movie is about at its heart, because I I, I could not help but see the contradiction between her between Jobu Tupaki constantly saying nothing matters. And yet um, the main character, I can't remember her name. I remember Jobu Tupaki because Brittany just says it randomly around the house. (laughs) She just randomly, since she first watched it, she just randomly goes Jobu Tupaki Or, 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 or she will randomly start singing sucked into a bagel (laughs) like just randomly and so like those are the things that are drilled into my head um i'm also really bad with character names um me too um i remember i remember waymond just because it's such a unique name um but basically like husband wife daughter (laughs) that's what i remember husband wife daughter that's what i remember yeah and so it's um uh, well, no, even the girl, oh, he's, I, I thought I knew the girl, the girl's name. Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, I really, again, I really, really expected this to just be overhyped because it's colorful, because it's 
flashy because it might have some semblance of meaning to it. I went into this with the, uh, the, the, the line from South Park, which is just because it's confusing doesn't mean that it's intelligent. Yeah. Or however that quote goes. That's what I was expecting from this. I was expecting Christopher Nolan took ecstasy, acid, mushrooms, and ketamine yes. together. And that's what I was expecting from it. Yeah. And that's not what it is. Um, the reason why they jump from scene to scene, from per- or not scene to scene, but from environment to environment, universe to universe, it's all explained. It all makes sense. It all is understandable. And, and, and again, like it I was saying before. It ties them all together really well, too. Yes, it really does. As I was saying, I, I really could not help but notice that the more Jobu Tupaki says nothing matters, the harder the family is fighting to make everything um, uh, 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 stay together, to fix everything, because it's saying that those are the moments that matter. That, that, that what's happening now is what matters. Family is what matters. And, and it, I didn't take it even as like family, you know, like blood family, like just, you know, family in general. And so there's a lot of meaning here. There's a lot of really good writing. There's a lot of good fight scenes. There's, I mean, the, 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 there's amazing acting here. The whole thing is just fuck you good. It's, 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 it's that kind of good where you go, fuck you, Daniels. <laughs> I mean, this is everything everybody says it is like, yeah. I, and I went into it with kind of with the same mindset. Like, there's no way this is that good, dude. This has been in theaters forever for a yep. reason. Like, I, and everybody ought to see this movie. It's heartfelt. It's fun. It's full of action. It's just great. And it's everything everybody says it is. So, yep. yeah. What did you rate this? I rated it a 10 out of 10. Yeah, as you it's should. Done, if you look at done, this. Look, it's, done, uh, it's done perfectly. Um, but, you know, a perfect movie doesn't mean best picture. Well, yeah, that's for sure. That's just my opinion. Look at the ratings on, on Letterboxd yeah, here. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I what think I, I read somewhere gave it a one. I read somewhere this is the highest rated movie on Letterboxd. So you know, it's uh yeah, it's damn good. And yeah. I cannot believe the same people that made Swiss Army Man made this. <laughs> if you've ever seen the anime Paprika, yes. That'll prepare you for this. Okay, one. yeah. All right. Well, uh let's move on to my final watch then. Which is Smile from 2022. I finally, finally, finally watched Smile. I think that this movie dominated at the box office for a very long time. Dude, um, that picture makes me uncomfortable. Oh, man. dude, me too. Dude, that makes me uncomfortable. I, I got to tell you, the, the girl that is in the cover, I was expecting her to be the protagonist um, as I watched it. And it, it, she's not. But she is the protagonist of the short that comes before this. Called, I, I think it's called Lauren Hasn't Slept. And Dude, that looks actually scary. Well, and that's the thing, man. Is I don't the get short, to say that about horror very often. The short is essentially about this girl seeing her therapist. And the therapist... I, have you seen this? No. Smile? No. 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 Okay. I, I, there's another short film. I don't know why it took me a second to think about it, because it's literally no to both, but no. Well, um, the short is essentially about a girl going to her therapist and, and, and saying, hey... I have been stalked 
by this thing. And sometimes it pretends to be other people, but it's always smiling. And, and essentially she thinks she's going crazy. And so she hasn't slept for a very long time. Dude, if that, you have that seen premise is giving me anxiety. Like for yeah. real, there's like, that, there's like a, like, like that, like I got goosebumps right now that I, I just, I have this image of just like smile, like creepy smiling people, like in shadows and like, like dimly lit like that. So there's something in, so uncomfortable about that. I will say this. A lot of people say that this is just it follows. Like, I don't know if you've seen it follows, but it's kind you know, of about I, I haven't, but. Oh, you own it and you haven't seen it. I own it and I've never seen it. OK, well, it follows. I, I, I won't say I too much was, about that then. I thought it was like a rape revenge no, 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 movie. It Follows so is, is kind of about... Because um, I can't and, watch those. Nah, I don't blame you at all. Um, those are very, like, an acquired taste. And uh, anyway, we'll move on. Um, yeah, the it, way motor oil in a glass is. <laughs> so It Follows kind of has some subtext that is essentially the monster is kind of about STDs. Um, and in the same way, Smile has subtext of it being about trauma. Uh, and so the monster is actually trauma. And so when you really start digging into the depths of what this movie is actually about, yes, it is similar to It Follows, but I do not think that they are the same movie or that this ripped it off. The well, short, luckily, Laura, oh, sorry, go ahead. The short, Lauren Hasn't Slept, um, sets up this movie in a really good way. And the protagonist of Lauren Hasn't Slept is the girl that you're seeing right here, Um and she, so they did put her in this one? They did, yes. That's pretty and, dope that they did that. And the way that this movie actually got made is actually really cool, too, just in a real quick side tangent. Um, I think it was Universal. Is that right? Um, either way, whoever made this, I think it's Universal. Um, but they saw the short, and they offered Parker Finn to be able to make a full-out movie based off the short because the short That's is really so, cool. so damn strong, and the idea is so good. Now, yeah. I will go ahead and read my review for Smile. It's kind of lengthy, but I had a lot to say about it. Um, so the title, I, I named it, is Corporeal and Unsettling, which is a line directly out of the movie. Rarely do horror movies freak me out anymore, but from the get-go, this had me on the edge of my seat. I'd heard this was okay, but I think people are underselling this a bit, even though it dominated the box office. Um, a lot of people really love this movie, but I've also heard that this is kind of meh because a lot of people think it ripped off It Follows. But uh, since I really ended up liking Laura Hasn't Slept, I knew I had to watch this the second it was over. The core idea here is incredible, and the smile that Laura has is just straight up scary, which is the smile right here. It's dude, it's so unsettling. It's so creepy. It's yes. really unsettling. Yes, and this monster goes from person to person, and so the person that, whose skin it's wearing essentially always has that same smile. Um, <sighs> <laughs> the core idea here is incredible, and the smile that Laura has is just straight up scary. This just felt really refreshing. I know, I know. I see the influences too, but still, it follows isn't exactly super original either. I'm not usually a fan of jump scares, but I must have been in the right mood or something because they really didn't bother me as much as they usually would in this. There's some CGI in here that's just terrible, but there's, there's a reason I'm not rating it higher. I love the color palette. The pink that is absolutely everywhere in this is really unsettling in context, and it's not blue like seemingly every other horror movie has been lately. It just feels really natural, and the lighting they use is really bright and flat, almost like they're shooting a toothpaste commercial or something. 
Then, really moody and dark other times, but it ties them both together really well in a really great juxtaposition. The music and sound effects do an amazing job building tension, and the cinematography is fucking great despite all the silly gimbal rotations. They do that fucking infinite loop thing over and over and over in this. The vortex the, spin. The vortex spin where they just spin the entire camera. It, it happens constantly. But uh, the pacing is perfect, and I never felt like it was dragging at all. It's almost two hours. Um, blah, 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 blah. Uh, the script, the script is, is smart. Yeah, the script is smart and dark and fun. It's not perfect and definitely has some issues, but I can look past most of them considering how strong the rest of it is. I love the way the mystery of what's happening unfolds, and it really gives cool context to Laura Hasn't Slept as well. All in all, this was much better than I was expecting, and I had a ton of fun with this. I think the whole world has already seen this, so I'm super late to the party here, but I really... But I'm really looking forward to what Parker Finn does next. It's crazy to me how low I see a bunch of the people I follow have rated this. People saying it loses focus. I think we're just really into the whole mystery side of things. But I loved it. And so the cycle continues. Sure, It Follows may have done it first, but I enjoy this more. Bro, watch this movie. That's all I'm going to say more about this. Watch this movie. This shit terrified me there are moments in this where i was genuinely scared and because of how much horror i watch that is not something that happens a whole lot anymore i'm gonna watch it tonight yes watch it i am i am super looking forward to what you think about this i rated smile an eight out of ten i loved this it has some issues for sure I can see where people are coming from, where they say it loses focus a little bit of the way through. Uh, the The beginning is honestly probably the strongest part, and it kind of tapers from there. Uh, but I was on board with it the entire time. I loved it. It's creepy and fun. So. Just, cu- j- j- just cut it where I said I'm going to watch it tonight, and then just cut to me just... <laughs> <laughs> just crying no i i think you're gonna really like this this has moments in it that are just genuinely freaky so i'm i'm looking forward to what you're gonna think about that cool so that is the best stuff that we watched in march of 2023 let us know if you've seen any of these movies i would love to know what you think about some of our favorites here if you like this make sure you hit the like button if you really liked it make sure you hit the subscribe button because we got a lot more content like this on this channel if you haven't caught on to what we're doing yet we take these short little reviews and we turn them into shorts so if you do not feel like I'm saying this at the end of this video, so maybe that's a dumb idea to see, even say this. Uh, but mm-hmm. we turn all of these small reviews into shorts. So if you're looking for some shorts to watch, maybe go check out the shorts on our channel. Um, we also do other stuff as well. We have a ton of different full reviews on all sorts of stuff on this channel. So it would be awesome if you went and check some of those out. Thank you for watching this and getting all the way to the end of it. If you did, let us know what you think about some of these movies down in the comments. And we will see you guys next time from the deep. Bye-bye. Hot dog.